James chapter 1. Thank you for your attention to the Word of God today. James chapter number 1. We're so thankful for the music that God provides here at Crossroads. Pastor Mike and Pascal and all of those who get our hearts prepared for the Word of God. There's a reason why we come into church and we don't go straight to the preaching. Although the preaching is the main thing at church, our hearts need to get prepared. We're out there in that crazy world. Some of y'all been on 95 today. You ain't ready for preaching when you get here. <laughs> Your heart needs, if you come off of 95, you ain't ready for preaching. You're ready to charge the pulpit and knock the preacher out because of those knuckleheads you were battling with on I-95. But you get in here and you get into service and you sit down with all of the things that have happened this week on your mind and you're reminded at the beginning of the service, magnify the Lord, huh? Don't you need that reminder? You're reminded of, of, that you can run to the Father, amen? And we praise God from whom all blessings flow. And then, as we just heard a few minutes ago, as Nita's singing, for what he's done, we praise his name, amen? And then love goes on. By that time, you ready for preaching? Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm ready for preaching. Are you? Uh, that's what you're supposed to ask them. And if they said no, would you please point them out? We'll have, uh, we'll have uh, some of the ushers uh, minister to them in a way that would be appropriate. James chapter number one. I've enjoyed our study through this chapter. It's right where we are. Everybody's going through something. One preacher said you're in a storm, coming out of a storm, or headed for a storm. Somewhere on your radar, there's a storm. Aren't you glad you know the storm chaser? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the mighty power that worketh in us. And aren't you glad that though we face these trials, we do not face them alone? Now let's pick up, if we would, establishing our context from last week. Verse number six, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse seven, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the glass, he, grass he shall pass away. We'll talk about that in a moment. Look at verse 11. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it with the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Let the church say amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. We thank you for what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've felt, what we've experienced. Help us right where we are for the body of Christ, the people of God right now that have come to church in the middle, in the thick of struggles and trials and difficulties. Some of them are facing a crisis unlike nothing they've, never, nothing they've ever faced before. I pray, God, that you'd help us to learn to be spiritual and not to be carnal. Help us to be mature and not to be immature. Help us to look at you. Help us to focus on the word of God. Help us to live out biblical principles even when they're not convenient. 
Help us to rebuke the devil to keep him from interfering in the service today. I pray, God, that you'd keep him out of here. Now, Lord, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. If somebody in the building doesn't know Jesus Christ for the full pardon of his sin, help that person, man, woman, boy, or girl to realize that there is still room at the cross. Sins have already been paid for. The blood has been shed and that today is the day of salvation. Now, bless me as I preach. May I honor you as you have given me the humbling honor to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We've entitled this series in James chapter 1, Count It All Joy. Let's say it together. Count it all joy. One more time. Count it all joy. All joy. How many know some things in your life are not enjoyable? Now, he didn't say that everything in your life is enjoyable. He said, count it all joy. The word is an economic term. It's, it's a term of measurement. It, it literally means to estimate. It, 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 it literally means to factor. It literally means to calculate. It literally means to conclude. If you're counting as kids, we teach these kids, and you saw these babies that are up here, and many of them are growing into toddlers, and you teach them how to count. And sometimes you use pennies to show them you, you've got four pennies together. One, two, three, four. That's what teaching to count is. You know, it's teaching them to add it up. When you take one penny, you add another penny, you got two. You take another penny, you add another penny, there's three. You add another penny to that, you have four. We're teaching our children to count. In other words, you've got to know what's in front of you. By the way, you can't count if you don't know what you're counting. You can't count pennies the same way you count nickels. You can't count nickels the same way you count quarters. You can't count quarters the same way you count dollars. How many of you say, that's my problem, Pastor? All I got is pennies, nickels, and quarters. <laughs> Where are the dollars at, all right? And let me tell you something, you can't, you, you can't come up with the right answer unless you know what you're counting. Here's what, here's what James tries to say. You need spiritual maturity. You've got to be able to walk with God. You have to know this Bible. You have to have your eyes on the Lord. Somebody said, look at people, you will be distressed. Look at yourself and you will be depressed. But you look at Jesus and you will be blessed. That's what counting is all about. I've got to get my mind right. I've got to get my mind on him, stayed on him. I've got to know whom I have believed. I've got to know he's able to keep that which I've committed. So when something comes in my life, isolated by itself, it's a bad thing. I lose my job, it's a bad thing. I get bad diagnosis from the doctor, it's a bad thing. I have a prodigal child, it's a bad thing. I've got a financial struggle, it's a bad thing. A loved one that passes away, it's a bad thing. I'm betrayed by a friend, it's a bad thing. I have situations show up emotionally, physically, relationally, marital merrily that don't go well it's a bad thing but when a bad thing enters my life and I've got the right kind of mind what looks bad isolated is different when it's insulated somebody help me preach see isolation means I'm by myself insulated doesn't mean I'm by myself it just means there's a buffer between me and what's trying to get to me try to live in a house in the middle of winter without insulation listen you don't isolate in the winter you got to get insulated in the winter you can be in your house by yourself. Just because you're in your house by yourself doesn't mean you're not insulated. See, you've got to have something in between those walls. Otherwise, the cold weather comes in. And even though it's cold, if you're insulated, it may be cold, but you're not cold because something between you keeps the cold from... Somebody help me preach. Here's what James says. You've got to get insulated. 
Spiritual maturity is insulation. I've got a buffer between me that keeps bad things from making me bad. Just because you have a bad trial in your life doesn't mean your Christian life has to be bad. Just because you have a bad circumstance in your life doesn't mean your day has to be bad. People say, how was your day, Pastor? I said, they're all good as long as my mind's right. See, see, I don't have to have a bad day if I got a good God. If something bad happens to me, it makes my life bad, then I don't have proper insulation. When you're spiritually immature, you're not walking with God, sucking on milk and not chewing on meat. When you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, you're not faithful to the things of God. When you're not applying James chapter number one, trials come. Trials don't just hit lost people, they hit saved people. They don't just hit spiritual people, they hit carnal people. Trials don't just hit people who are living for the devil, they hit people that are living for the Lord. The difference in life is not that some have trials and others have trials. The difference in life is that some are mature and insulated and some are immature and not insulated. May God help us. The closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, the worse the world is going to get, the madder the devil is going to get, the flesh is not going to get any more wicked. You stand for God, people are going to stand against you. You live according to this Bible, they're going to mock you, they're going to laugh at you, they're going to ridicule you, they're going to call you crazy. You'll never get out of a crazy world that has crazy people, that has crazy situations. But if you can grow up in the things of God, you will have an insulation between you that the bad stuff will come but it can't get to me because God's got something blocking bad from getting to me then I know how to count so I don't look at this bad situation as a bad thing I count it joy I count I ask I add it up in my spiritual life as producing a result here comes another trial oh my goodness here comes another crisis oh my goodness here comes another difficulty oh my goodness here comes another confusing situation oh my goodness and by the way we start borrowing from tomorrow misery and turmoil before it even gets here oh no I looked at the weather tomorrow I'm already depressed and it ain't even rain yet I mean, let, 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 I mean, there are people that look, check the weather on Monday during the wintertime, and it says, it's going to snow on Sunday. Well, I can't make it to church. It's Monday. <laughs> can't God change the weather? Yeah. Amen. Can't God let you use that SUV? Amen. Can't God make it snow on Friday, let them clean it up on Saturday, and you come to church on Sunday? Listen to me. you got to learn how to count. Here it comes in my life. But I've got to be able to add it up that even though it's bad, isolated, when it gets into my life and it gets factored through the hands of a providential God, what was meant to be evil by others can meant to be good by God. I must count it because I'm assured of some facts. I've got to know some things. God tests his people. Trials are testing for his people. God teaches patience. Trials are his lesson plan for patience. And if I don't have trials, I'm not going to learn patience. If every light's green, I ain't going to learn how to wait. Come on now. If 95 ain't ever backed up, I ain't going to learn how to wait. If I get through everything fast, I ain't going to learn how to wait. Amen. Sometimes you need to quit complaining about lemons and make some lemonade because God puts you in line for a while. And by the way, learn how to wait in line for things. The things you don't wait for are the things you don't appreciate. The things you don't pay for are the things you're not grateful for. That's why sometimes we got to make our kids earn some things. We got to tell them you're going to go. I don't have a job. That's all right. We're going to give you one. Take out the trash, wash some dishes, clean some floors, sweep around this house. So when you go on that trip, you realize you had to work for it. What you work for, what you wait for, you appreciate. And sometimes God says, I know you want it. I know you want it now, but you don't need it now. You need to wait for it so when you get it, you can thank God that I gave it to you. 
He teaches patience. He tests his people. I'm assured of some facts. I'm assisted in the fight. There's an available gift. Verse number five, let him ask of God. What? Wisdom. Wisdom is the spiritual discernment, the know-how, the, the know-how, the wherewithal, the supernatural ability to take what I know and use it to do right. I said, take what I know and use it to do right. Some of the smartest people in the world are the worst Christians. You're not, you're not a good Christian because you know the Bible. You're a good Christian because you live the Bible. You've got to be able to take biblical principles and apply them. Let me give you an example. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. That's in the Bible. Whenever I give you verses in the Bible, don't get mad with me. Once it's in, it's stuck. No, 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 watch it. No, 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 the Bible says keep thyself from evil, right? And the Bible says we ought to avoid evil. But the Bible also teaches that we ought to abstain from all appearance of evil. So God says it's not only good that you don't do bad, but it's also good that you don't look like you're doing bad. Preach, pastor. So here's a biblical principle that I know. Everybody in here heard me say, abstain from all appearance of evil. We all know it to be true. Say it with me. Abstain from all appearance of evil. But watch this now. You need wisdom to take that thing you just repeated to me and figure out how to leave here and make sure you're not walking out of a liquor store talking about I just bought a Coca-Cola. Huh? You, 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 you're not getting out of a situation that looks like you where you where you weren't shouldn't belong. You're not posting something on social media that makes your Christianity questionable. You're not hanging around people who've made it clear they don't love your Jesus. Watch this now, because then you're not only you may not be engaged in evil, but you appear to be evil. And for the Christian, if I don't have enough wisdom to avoid evil, eventually I'm going to be in evil. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. What is God saying? Cut your body parts off? No. He's saying anything in your life that functions as an avenue to sin. You can't just cut out sin. You got to cut out the pathway to sin. See, the best way not to get to sin is to block the road that takes you to it. This phone takes you to sin, you might need to get rid of it. If you got internet on it, you might need to shut it down. If you keep ending up in mess and gossip on social media, you might need to delete your account. Every time you're around that person, you get in trouble. Every time you go to that place, you hear cussing. Every time you ride in that car, they're playing the wrong kind of music. Stay out the car. Break up with the boyfriend. Cut the friend off. Learn how to hit ignore. Because if you don't want to sin, quit going down the road that takes you to it. Wisdom helps me take a biblical principle and apply it to make decisions. I know a lot of people have, they have a lot of Bible, but they don't know how to make wise decisions because there's not a specific verse in the Bible that tells them exactly what to do. If we had every verse in the Bible to tell us every single thing to do, you know how big your Bible would be? So God gives us principles, and then he gives us wisdom to properly dispose those principles to make right decisions. So I have an available gift. I have an accessible God. He gives it to me. I have an abundant granny. He gives me what I need. I have an admonishment given. I must ask in faith. Everybody say, in faith. Now, if I want it, I got to ask, believing he's going to give it. Amen. If I don't have faith, faith without, without whatsoever is not, without faith is, is not faith, is sin. I must have faith. It's the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith brings the impossible to possible. It makes the invisible seen. Faith takes what's in the future and brings it into the present. I must believe that God is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. I can't see it. I can't understand it. I can't explain it. I can't see God, but I know he's real. 
fully with these people. How do you believe in someone you can't see? You sitting on a pew, you didn't see somebody build. I didn't see anybody coming here today and say, uh, could you please show me the carpenter that built this pew before I sit down on it? I need to know what kind of wood here. No, you just sat down. If you can trust some man to build a pew that you've never met, you can't trust a God who put the world in place and the moon is place. Well, you can't see God. You can't see God, but you can see that God is God. I can't see wind, but I can tell you them leaves are blowing. Don't tell me you can't see God. You can see God at work. How in the world can you have an intelligent design without an intelligent designer? Must be asking in faith. It's required faith. Required faith. Rebuked fickleness. Yes, I can't be shifty when I ask. And then last week, rejoicing or resulting fruit. What happens when I ask in faith? Here comes the fruit responsive rejoicing. Hey, hey, when I ask in faith, God gives me wisdom. When I get wisdom, watch this now, sometimes I get wisdom, I got to lose something else. You listening? I mean, what, what really means more to you? Wisdom or wealth? Solomon got the choice. He asked for wisdom and God gave him both. By the way, well, if I had choice, I asked for wealth. I don't want wisdom. I want wealth. Well, if you get wealth and you don't have wisdom, you're going to lose your wealth anyway. Ain't no use in having money if you don't know what to do with it. And bless God, I'll tell you a good way not to know what to do with money. Let money have you. So, so, so here, is, here is the fruit. Here's the response of rejoicing in the fruit. Here's what happens sometimes as a verse number Seven, let that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Double my man is unstable. Look at verse number nine. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he's exalted. Sometimes the lifted poor. Okay? Sometimes somebody who's low, who doesn't have much. Because of trials, God uses those trials to take that person that's low physically or low materially and raises him up spiritually. If you're down and out and struggling, you think, why would God give me a trial? I'm already struggling. He's not giving you a trial to make you struggle where, where you are, struggle more where you are. He's giving you a trial to get your mind off of your resources and get your mind on God. Rejoice when God lifts you. Sometimes it's through your darkest hour that God shows you that he's there. What about the brother of, that's rich? He's got to rejoice. The, 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 the poor's got to rejoice that he's the lifted poor. The rich has to rejoice that he's the leveled prosperous or lowered and that he's made low. What's the idea of made low? Here, verse number 10, made low, is the idea of humbled, humiliated, humiliated. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind. I'm just not created to be like Jesus. You will be like him when you let it. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Listen to me. If you understand the Bible, you understand that there's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In case you don't know it, Jesus was God before he ever got to earth. Come on, he didn't start existing in Mary's stomach. He got his body when he was born, but he was always God. And look at those Jews that are saying to him, we want to talk about Abraham. Abraham's our father. He's the man. Abraham's the one where we come from. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. 
I am. Abraham was. I am. Listen to Genesis. Let us make man in our own image. This is a conversation in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost talking to each other. Let's make a human being in our own image. Wow. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost all talking together. I love it when they get together. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The three of them. They're not three different gods. They're one God that exists as three persons. Jesus is God. The Father is God. The Holy Ghost is God. Jesus is omnipotent. The Father is omnipotent. The Holy Ghost is omnipotent. Jesus is omniscient. The Father is omniscient. The Holy Ghost is omniscient. Jesus is omnipresent. The, the Holy Ghost is omnipotent. The Father is omnipotent. Jesus is immutable. The Father is immutable. The Holy Ghost is immutable. Jesus is eternal. The Father is eternal. The Holy Ghost is, is eternal. Jesus is true. The Father is true. The Holy Ghost is true. Amen. Jesus is righteous. That's why he could not sin. The devil says, if ye be the son of God, turn these stones. He tempted Jesus. You can't tempt Jesus to sin. He's not drawn to sin. Why? Jesus is perfect. The Father is perfect. And the Holy Ghost is perfect. Come on now. Let us make man alone. We need somebody to go tell people about Jesus. Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. I love it when they get together. Paul got to the end of the, 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 uh, the church of Corinth writing the letter in 2 Corinthians. Listen to what Paul said. May the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Ghost rest and abide with you. He said, hey, listen, child of God, when you're going through life, don't be discouraged. You got God's love. You got Jesus' grace, and you got the Holy Ghost com communion. I love it when they get together. Come on now. And by the way, when you were wallowing around in sin and headed to a devil's hell, I'm glad that the Godhead got together. God the Father thought of the plan. God the Son bought the plan. God the Holy Ghost brought the plan. Satan 